Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. Jackie back, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Armstrong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. And everyone knows it. But the dramatics could come down just a little bit. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. I've had the hiccup since last July, and I'm getting the medical procedure done the end of this week to try to remedy it. But I'm busy at the hospital sitting up with doctors poking me and shining lights down my throat and probing me every way they can to find out why I got these hiccups. So Have we figured it out? Hell no. I have done everything. It scare me, drink water upside down, smell like ass of a porcupine. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. That's maybe the greatest athlete of all time, Bo Jackson. Who's had oh, hiccups wow. for dang near a year? Wow. I was about to say Bo doesn't know standing on his head with his spoon in the mouth, but apparently he's tried everything. <laughs> that what about the porcupine was that was a new one on me. <laughs> Rather earthy. <laughs> I want to talk about the Trump town hall coming up a little bit and uh whether or not it should be covered, whether or not CNN should have put him on. I'm a one hundred percent yes, it's newsworthy. But boy, a lot of uh, center left people are not. So, what was that you said earlier today about you? there should be a book on what happened previous to it? There should oh. be a book on the actual <laughs> town hall and then a book on the reactions. Yeah, I think it's so huge for for the moment we're in politically in this country about populism and media coverage and um, uh, what a negative polarization, which is basically the as long as the other side's for it, I'm against it. doesn't really matter anything mm-hmm. else. Um all that stuff is really interesting. Anywho, before we get to the new pot and the psychosis, suicidal thoughts, and scream vomiting that it can cause. That's right, I said scream vomiting. Wow. I've never done that, I don't think. Well, you haven't smoked enough of the new pot, apparently. Um, Scrometing. So we're talking a little bit about vaping earlier, and I was just saying that I need to get more up to speed on it because I got a kid who's entered the teenage years, and it's time I know what is out there. 
Because I, I, I've heard of vaping, but I didn't really know what it was. Anyway, we had a conversation about that. We got this text. In addition to being a small business owner, I have subjected myself to being a youth pastor for the last 13 years. Good for you. Um, with vaping, students are smoking way more than they ever did with cigarettes because of the convenience and the concealment. Ah. Uh. Popcorn lung is a vaping side effect that sets on for far earlier than long-term smoking side effects. I would say 90% of my students that vape are vaping THC. Wow. And there's also wax pens, which is another way of smoking that's popular with the youths. I don't know about this stuff. Wow. So concealment is handy. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Wow. So among the youngsters, it's 90% THC, says. How interesting. Uh, Read this piece in, uh, well, it was Fox News, but it was an editorial written by Kevin Sabat, uh, Ph.D., who is, what is his credential exactly? Um, the president of uh, an organization, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, former three-time White House drug policy advisor and adjunct professor at Yale University. And I thought it was a very serious piece, very seriously written and made an impression on me. So... Uh, he writes, the data is in, and it's become increasingly clear that the impacts of co- the commercial marijuana industry are even worse than we thought, particularly for America's young people. A new report released by uh, his organization shows the reality in pot legal states that paints a vastly different picture than the common sales pitch of the industry and supporters of legalization. The marijuana industry, which spent billions to lobby elected officials in bankroll legalization referendum campaigns, is following the playbook pioneered by Big Tobacco. They recognize that the road to big profits runs through the heaviest users. As such, they have increased potency of the drug by more than four times since 1998, hoping to hook kids while they're young and vulnerable. And the numbers show it's working. National Institute on Drug Abuse warned... Uh, past year, past month, and daily marijuana use, which is 20 or more occasions in the past 30 days, have reached the highest levels ever recorded among people aged 19 to 30. And the percentage of 8th, 10th, and 12th graders who use marijuana daily has more than tripled between 1991 and 2020. Now, I feel like this runs counter to so many other stats we've seen over the last however many years about young people... Drinking less, smoking pot less, having sex less, just all kinds of different things. I I have never heard smoking pot less. um, Why it runs counter to those other trends, I can't, I don't know. Well, and then how much of it would be, I feel like Sean would be saying this if he were here. Nobody was going to answer that question honestly, previous to it being legal, previous to the current mood about it. Fair enough. Fair criticism. Uh, let's see. He goes on to write, daily marijuana use is indicative of a marijuana use disorder, also known as addiction to marijuana. For all the talk about how pot is not addictive in 2021, 1.3 million individuals between the ages of 12 and 17 had a marijuana use disorder, accounting for more than 46% of users in that age group. So about half of teenagers who smoke pot at all smoked it every day. Legalization also associated with a 25% increase in marijuana use disorder among them as well. Uh, the self-reporting part of it, the being honest uh, uh, part of it, that's the grain of salt to take these numbers with. But I still think it's pretty, uh, pretty important. Well, it only makes sense that if a certain percentage of young people are interested in smoking pot before, now you don't have to know a criminal you don't have to. There's all kinds of things that you don't um, uh, barriers to entry that that aren't there anymore. 
Well, and just, you know, in my youth, if my parents had busted me with a beer, that was different than busting me with pot because the second one is illegal. I was breaking the law. You know, I get it. Underage drinking is illegal, but it's different. I think we all understand right. and, that. Well, yeah. And again, and you're not hanging around with people like you always say about drug dealers. You know, your your drug dealer might be like just kind of a regular guy in your dorm, but he knows a really bad guy. And that guy knows a guy who cuts people's heads off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how quickly you get there. And th- that would never occur with beer. Well, now it doesn't have to occur with pot if you're buying legal pot. Although the uh, the illegal uh, market for pot has hardly declined in iota, especially yeah. in high regulation states like California. I wonder if like if your average high school kid, if they're smoking pot, if that came legally or uh, all those people at the. So every time I drive by a dispensary, there's a line and I always think, God, can't you not hire more people to keep the lines down? I mean, there's always a line literally out the door onto the lawn. Every time I drive by. But are all those people just buying for themselves or are they selling it to people who want it? I, I, probably not because that's the most expensive way to buy pot. Mm. You can get it much, much more cheaply uh, from your dealer. Uh, anyway, those supporters of legalization like to downplay the risks of marijuana. The drug costs more than 70,000 individuals younger than 18 to have marijuana-related emergency department visits in 2021. More than 70,000. The industry told parents and politicians they would not target kids. That's turned out to be false. From Pop-Tarts to Stony Patch Kids, the packaging of edibles laced with high-potency THC often looks like traditional stack snacks. Not surprisingly, between 2017 and 21, there was a 1,400% increase in at-home exposure to marijuana edibles involving children younger than six. So I would point out that while I am not bothered by the fact that pot is now legal, it does seem that everything us right-wingers said about your arguments has turned out to be true. I would say that's largely correct, yeah. Yeah. couple more stats. In 2021, uh, almost 11 million people admitted to driving under the influence of marijuana including uh, about one and a half million who are between the ages of 16 and 20. There were two and a half times more minors on the road under the influence of marijuana than were under the influence of alcohol. Uh, minors have also gravitated toward marijuana vapes. Uh, between 2017 and 20, uh, the percentage of 12th graders who vape marijuana increased from 9.5% to 22%. Among 10th graders, it went from 8% to 19%. One more. And among 8th graders, it increased from 3% to 8%. Oh. So... Here's something I have no idea of. All things being equal, and it might take a few years or a generation to get there, because pot still does have at least some of a stigma for having been uh, illegal for so long. Um, When that's completely gone and there's no stigma to pot whatsoever, and maybe there isn't with young people already, Um, uh, uh, all things being equal, do you think the average... 16-year-old who wants to check out would prefer pot or booze? Or are they or is that or, or is it completely different? Is it like, you know, ice cream or pie? Like they're not the same thing. Um I, I think they would choose pot. Because um you don't have to urinate? Well, yeah, that's it. The frequent urination is such a drag. No, it's a, it's, it makes you high in a way that alcohol doesn't. Alcohol is lovely. I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> but as, as a youngster, um, I just, they'd prefer to get high 
from hmm. what I've observed. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's uh, although, interesting. Although, you know, it, it, the, your results may vary. I, I want to make clear uh, for folks who don't know, I was never like a fundamentalist anti-pot uh, guy. I smoked pot as a younger person. It never did me any good. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, but I don't look back on it and think, boy, that was a good idea. You know, one thing I realized that I, I said to my kids, um, kids, particularly my more social kids, is if you have like drinking buddies or pot smoking buddies, their friend is the pot. It's not you. you. As soon as you stop smoking pot, they're not going to be your friends anymore. Oh, I got I can tell you stories about that. I mean. So many people I hang, hung around back when I drank, that ended 100% when I quit drinking. Mm-hmm. And yeah. If you want to smoke a little, that's fine with me. If you use it responsibly, that's none of my business. I'm a libertarian to my core. Um, I'm just worried about the kids. Right. Every day in America, we lose the lives of 22 warriors, and it's not from physical injuries. It's from hopelessness, invisible scars, feeling that they walk, walk this world alone, and we need to stop this epidemic now. Yeah, $22 a month. The early intervention is the key, and you can do that for the $22. Your donation will create an environment for success by providing warriors with access to transitional housing before receiving their medical discharge. We're talking about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, which changes the lives of our nation's ill and injured warriors. It includes wellness programs, career services, critical resources uh, they need for a bright future. Freedom Station residents find a loving place in which to live, learn, grow, heal, and successfully move on to the next chapter of our lives. And we owe them this. And there are countless success stories, too. Really inspiring. Visit warriorfoundation.org. Donate $22 a month. They're extremely responsible with your money, as you've heard us talk about through the years. Now, get this website right. Don't go for the other one. It's warriorfoundation.org. Warriorfoundation.org. How about scrometing? Scream vomiting. I prefer not to. That sounds, you know, messy. Here's an emergency physician in Colorado that says scrometing cases were rare several years ago. Now she's seeing one scrometing case a day because of the high potency of THC in your pot now. Scrometing, of course, is shorthand for scream vomiting, a condition that inflicts patients who use marijuana with a high concentration of blah, blah, blah. I think you can guess what happens here the condition is what it sounds like screaming from nausea and vomiting at the same time scrometing whoa so it used to be almost never you'd get scrometing now it's put them in a room with high gloss paint if you know what i'm saying daily they get scrometing cases because the thc is so potent wow Scrommet sounds like a beloved childhood game where you roll a die, then move six spaces, and then make the other guy go backwards. Oh, it's not. Like that, it's it? completely different than that. <laughs> so different. Wow. Scrommeting. <laughs> Daily scrommeting. It seems like, sick enough. It seems like you end up like Bo Jackson with six-month-long hiccups. <laughs> seems like something to be avoided. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to a feature I'd like to call, Where Are You Going? (laughs) Tracking demographic movement around the United States. Uh, First of all, not shockingly, the California exodus to other states is even worse than uh, was previously realized, according to the California Globe. State's population dropped more than fi- by more than 500,000 people between April 2020 and July 2022. 
with the number of residents leaving surpassing those moving in by nearly 700,000, according to the uh, the Globe, et cetera, et cetera. There are some confusing numbers here, overlaps and, and net uh, losses and in different time periods. But um, now the latest IRS state-by-state migration data on tax returns filed in 2020 and 2021 reveal who and how many residents moved from one state to another. Uh, California's net loss totals uh, more than 332,000 residents during that time period, more than any other state, taking $29 billion in tax revenue with them yeah, I was, to other places. I've been wondering for a long time, The uh, I, I got to believe it's mostly the upper end of your tax base that's leaving California, and that's going to hurt a whole bunch of your plans for you know free health care for illegals and flying in people who want abortions from other states and all these different pie-in-the-sky things. Yeah, I, I wonder about that. I, I know a lot of working class people leave because they just can't afford it anymore. And I suppose there are a, a number of high earners who just don't want to pay the taxes. But uh, I, I haven't seen those numbers. It's an interesting question. Uh, New York and Illinois bled residents as well. New York's net loss was 262000 Illinois' net loss was 105000 What do those three states have in common? I mean, you have. Surfing. Exactly. The surfing, I grew up in Chicagoland. The surfing on Lake Michigan is the best. Um, you have the West Coast, the East Coast, and the middle of the country. So it ain't that. You've got one of the best climates in America, in California. You've got New York, which is very, very wintry. And you got Illinois, which is pretty wintry. It's not that. Uh, Florida? Texas, North Carolina, and South Carolina were the biggest winners. Hmm, boy, I just I can't I can't draw any conclusions from those states. Are you kidding me? I give up. I can't. What I I don't get it. What's the you know? What's the relationship there? Worth noting that in 2018, California was one of the top inbound destination states, according to Allied Van Lines, which collects data on all this because they need to know where to have trucks. Uh, by 2020, only two years later, California's inbound migration was 40%, while its outbound migration was nearly 60%. I wonder if that was people trying to get in on the, uh, you know, the tech boom. I wonder. Uh, they mentioned that, um, which leads us to California's bleeding residents and businesses today. COVID lockdowns, school and business closures, anyone? I think that was part of it. How about hobos everywhere? Yeah. Here's another group that analyzes the IRS data found Florida was the biggest winner in adjusted gross income. Uh, they uh, ended up with $40 million more, 5.5% increase. In California, Los Angeles and San Francisco counties lost the most residents. Uh, no surprises, L.A. and San Francisco had the harshest, most draconian COVID restrictions, masking, lockdowns, school closures, and vaccine mandates. Also, the most crime. Yeah. Los Angeles crumbling. So is San Francisco. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. 
And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast how could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. A couple of things we could bring you, including this article from the New York Times. Coastal cities priced out low-wage workers. Now college graduates are leaving, too. And it's about the inflow and outflow of college grads, white-collar workers, uh, to various cities and regions. And it is something. They are fleeing the big coastal cities, the blue cities in particular. Um, But we're not going to talk about that, at least not now, because I thought this was even more compelling from the Wall Street Journal. The uh, title of the article is The Disappearing White Collar Job, a -a once-in-a-generation convergence of technology and pressure to operate more efficiently has corporations saying many lost jobs may never return. So uh, define white collar job. I've never said that before. What is a white collar job? Oh gosh! I, Anything where you work in an office? I, I've heard them described as uh, knowledge workers. Um, you don't. It's a bit of an anachronism. You don't work with your back. You work with your brain. Of course, everybody works with their brain. Um, uh, it's a bit of an anachronism in that not near as many people wear white shirts anymore. It's kind of like saying roll down your windows, which we'll say forever, even though nobody's rolling anything. Um, uh, but so, yeah, I guess, is it any job indoors? No, because you work in a factory indoors. That's not a white collar job. You know, uh, this is obviously a time consuming tangent you've led us on, but it's an interesting <laughs> It's well, an just, interesting question. I think we know them when we see them, right? I think I've just I just it just occurred to me maybe I'm off track of what a white collar job is. I'm going to look that up here while it you is. talk. Here it is. Here's the definition. If you really sprained your ankle, could you do your job the next day? I like that one. That's a good way to describe it. 
You work with your brain, not your back. I don't know. According to Workable, whatever that is. Oh, they would know. A white <laughs> white collar workers are those who work in an office. The name comes from older times when office workers usually wore white collared shirts to work. Oh, it was a coin by Upton Sinclair. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so I'll tell you one thing. Uh, old Andrew Yang was right about how the pace of change in technology and industry, the economy, as supercharged by AI, um, is going to cause such rapid change, workers are not going to be able to adjust quickly enough in a lot of cases, I think, which is, uh, that's a little frightening. I'll bet a lot of you younger folks are thinking, yeah, great, fabulous. I've learned this skill. You're telling me it might go away. It might. And that's why Andrew Yang was so much about universal basic income. Uh, because you can't ask somebody to go from a computer programmer to a carpenter to an ear, nose, and throat guy, gal, <laughs> whatever, in the space of, you know, 10 years. I was a carpenter. Now I'm an ear, nose, and throat guy. Here's my drill. Right. Hold still. <laughs> <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying. I mean... I don't, I just, uh, well, the, it's it's all, the world's always been this way, but it's just the pace is different. Exactly. Yeah. You could, uh, the, 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 um, uh, knowing how to tan hides, turn a hide into leather mm. was probably a useful skill for about 20,000 years. Right. You know, and it's still changed very slowly. Now things are going to, you know, you learn how to do something and uh, six months later, nobody needs it. Right. Yeah. And the hot, hot, hot career of two years ago, learn to code, be a computer coder. Right. Might be dead in two years from now. Oh, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So I'll hit you with just a little bit of this. <clears throat> For generations of Americans, a corporate job was a path to stable prosperity. No more. The jobs lost in a months-long cascade of white-collar layoffs triggered by overhiring and rising interest rates might never return, corporate executives and economists say. Companies are rethinking the value of many white-collar roles in what some experts anticipate will be a permanent shift in labor labor demand that will disrupt the work life of millions of Americans whose jobs will be lost, diminished, or revamped partly through the use of artificial intelligence. So the former chief digital officer at McDonald's N. Volvo Quote, we may be at the peak for the need for knowledge workers. We just need fewer people to do the same thing. We're at the peak for knowledge workers. Yeah, which means we're uh, passing it. Wow. You won't need people with knowledge anymore. Long That's, I mean, that is as disruptive as anything that's practically happened on planet Earth. Since the Industrial Revolution. And much, much faster. Wow. If I'm running a stable... For horses in an urban environment, I see the first car and I see a few more and then I see a bunch of cars and then everybody's got a damn car. That took years and years and years and years. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. This is going to be who knows by next year. Could be long after robots became began taking manufacturing jobs. Artificial intelligence is now coming for the higher ups, accountants, software programmers, human resources specialists and lawyers and converging with unyielding pressure on companies to operate more efficiently. And they give some examples. And you, you ought to throw in, this wouldn't have made any difference I in the long run, I suppose, but it certainly hurried it along. 
this belief that every job should pay a minimum uh, a living wage that you deserve, you know, a year maternity leave for the husband and the wife and all these different things. Certainly hurry it along. OK, fine. I'll get a, I'll get a robot to do it. Right. Right. Uh, they mentioned uh, Mark Zuckerberg told employees after the Facebook parents latest round of layoffs that many jobs aren't coming back because new technologies will allow the company to operate more efficiently. IBM, a uh, similar thing. AI would allow employees to better contribute to their companies by doing more meaningful work. You wouldn't have to slog through the, the grunt work nearly as much. But that means, you know, instead of you three people, a third of which uh, of your time is always grunt work, we're going to keep two of you. And good news, you two don't have to do the grunt work anymore. Right. But one of you is going home. Right. Exactly. And, and, and like you glossed over, like people do the whole. I'm a glosser. Universal income. Well, that would be the biggest shift in American history. Human history? Maybe human history on the planet. If all of a sudden the way life is structured is you get out of high school, although I don't know if you're not going to have a job, what's the argument for education at that point? Because whenever I talk to my kids, it's always about so you can have a job someday and support yourself. Well, if that's off the table, no, you get an income enough to support yourself. If you're content with that living... Right. There will always be the opportunity to excel and, you know, find opportunities. Um, Boy, but there, there, there's your uh, the most interesting human experiment in world history also. Oh, yeah. How many people are going to want to go above that? So I can not try it all. I can get by. I can play video games. I can surf my phone. Smoke pot. Smoke pot. Watch TV. Watch porn. Have a girlfriend. Have a boyfriend if I decide to do that. But most people don't anymore. Um and not work, or I can, like, really, really, really have to work a lot harder than that to have a little more. <sighs> or, or I can live that uh, universal baser, basic income lifestyle and commit the occasional crime to make more money easily. I'm not going to bust my ass to become a whatever is the job of the future. No, but I will break into people's houses and take their stuff. And that decision will not be made by... 45-year-olds with life experience No, or whether or not you want to put that effort in. Yeah. It'll be made by 18-year-olds. And I know what decision I may have made as an 18-year-old. Especially and, if I don't know why I can play guitar or all the cool things I want to do. Speaking for the men folk, um, it's many, many a man has become a man because he does, doesn't want to let down his woman. And if he ain't got a woman... And have no interest in it. Yeah, you could become a permanent do-nothing slacker. So, you know, this is not... <laughs> I'm just... I'm picturing... And, and somebody has to picture this and think about it. I'll bet you $1,000 that's what's going to happen. I mean, that is the most likely exactly. thing that's going to happen. That's why policymakers have to be thinking about this. But if you have a third of the population living the lifestyle we described... Making enough money to be comfortable, they're probably going to be medicated. A huge percentage of uh, medical care already runs through the government. So we'll have socialized health care just completely. Um, what are their lives going to be like? How will they relate to the productive members of society? How productive will those members of society be given the tax rates we will have to pay to sustain such a program? Yeah, exactly. And then we're France. Well, yeah. Except worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not. It'll be a completely different 
level than what they have going on in France. Yeah. Wow, that is, I think, the likely future. I mean, how does it not end up this way? Year to year, ending in March, there were 150,000 more unemployed white-collar workers. Uh, That includes workers in professional services, management, computer occupations, engineering, and scientists. Chief exec of uh, uh, Kroger, the grocery giant, says, I can't think of any job. Cracker Kroger's. Side winding. Cracker Kroger's. He said, I can't think of any job where it's like AI by itself. I can think of lots of jobs that are being affected by AI. Uh, Gap said in April, new round of corporate job cuts. Lyft told investors this month that the ride-sharing company had cut the number of management layers from eight to five. Lyft said in April it would eliminate roughly a 1,000 white-collar jobs in its latest round of layoffs. The flattened corporate structure means Lyft can innovate faster. A robot brought me my sushi at the restaurant the other day. Are you making that up or seriously? I did. Really? Yeah. The robot, robot, somebody exclaimed, oh, my God. And I turned around, and here comes the robot. It looks like R2-D2 with a flat head with yeah. the sushi on top of it, and it wheeled up next to the table. And I, I thought, well, I guess we take this off the robot's head. I don't know. There wasn't anybody around to tell me. So I took the sushi off the robot's head and set it on the table and went to eat, and the robot left. <laughs> Did every single person over the age of 40 say, Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto, when they got their sushi? There's I nobody at the restaurant so. but me, which is how I like it. But You know, there's more to this. It's pretty interesting. Uh, we need to take a break. But, um, again, I, I don't mean it to be depressing or scary or anything like that. But, again, reality has to be your friend if you're going to live a successful life. Explain to me how this wouldn't happen. I can't even come up with a scenario. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. And no sandwagon bushwhacking, horn swoggling, crocker crocker <laughs> is going to roll away Christmas cutter. <laughs> Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. 
I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We got this mother in Maine who discovered that her daughter was wearing a garment known as a chest binder. It's a chest flattening garment that if you're a girl and you had started developing boobs, but you think you're a boy, so you don't like having boobs, you might get this. Well, where did she get it? She got it from the school. Why did mom not know about it? The school told her daughter to keep it a secret from her mom. And this is happening all around the country, and the Goldwater people are taking this on as a case in that it shouldn't be okay for the school to urge kids to do things like this, gender transitioning devices or drugs or anything like that, and then keeping it from the parents, which is horrifying. Anything at all. Anything. I don't care if it's the... Spelling bee results. The school should never be telling kids, keep this from your parents. That is completely out of bounds. Every topic. I would agree. We got uh, this note from JT and Livermore. Can we all agree that grownups telling children to lie or hide things from their parents is the biggest of red flags? If you could pick just one characteristic of people who shouldn't be allowed to be around children, wouldn't it be grownups who tell the children to lie to their parents? about what said grown-ups are pushing. And he points out it isn't just one weirdo hanging out on a street corner. It's a public school recommending these sickos to children in need, uh, discussing a story we brought you earlier in the week. Uh, There are laws being considered right now in California and Oregon that would enshrine in law the practice of the school will only tell the parents, if the child says to go ahead, about serious psychological and physical problems, including getting an abortion. Your kid, I'm sorry, your school, the activist teachers can get your kid a secret abortion, and the law says they don't need to tell you. And we're talking about a child. So in particular, this case uh, from uh, New Jersey, did I say it was? Anyway, a school counselor advised this woman's daughter to change her gender told the child not to tell her parents about it, and then provided her with the chest-binding garment. A school counselor told this woman's daughter to change Mm -hmm. her gender. Oh, my God. And don't tell your parents about it. Oh, the level of fury I would have. These sickos are everywhere, too. If it were only a couple of cases, that would be... You know, sickening and troubling. But the fact that it's so widespread, these radical gender theory, critical queer theory, critical gender theory people are everywhere. 
and they're they're grooming your children or sexualizing them or trying to turn them into radicals, turn them against their their families. It's crazy. Right. So that is absolutely all true and horrifying, just that particular thing. Then the just in general idea of let's just keep this between us relationship that schools, some schools are trying to get with the kids about the curriculum, what you're learning or anything else. Yeah. uh, uh, Troubling. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of coverage of that, even in the liberal media saying, uh, and it was interesting in the New York Times, the angle was a lot of black families are realizing what their kids are being taught and not taught and getting really pissed off. Mm. The number of black families that are homeschooling has, I can't, I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's exploded based on what they observed during remote schooling. White families, too, they've increased significantly. I think half again as many or something like that. But black families, like, quadruple the number. Well, the most religious group in America, I think, is is uh, uh, African-American women. And they're probably not digging a lot of the stuff that's being taught in schools. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hispanic families to have zero patience with this stuff, too. Uh, here's a related story. Detransitioning teenagers suing Permanente Medical Group and Kaiser Foundation Hospitals. The medical providers who performed a double mastectomy on her when she was just 13 years old. That's after just... beginning to identify as transgender as a little child. That is crazy. I have a 13 year old, so I'm very aware of how young that is. Oh, my She's God. Now 18 years old, and Jane is accusing the hospital system, quote, of intentional fraud and concealment during involving her gender transition, alleging that doctors pushed her into the procedure and characterized her gender transition as the only way to treat her pre-existing mental health problems. Quote, I don't think I should have been allowed to change my sex before I was legal, legally able to have sex. I don't think I'm better off for the experience, the experience, and I think transitioning just completely added fuel to the fire of my pre-existing conditions. She said she previously struggled with mental health, including su- suicidal ideation, before deciding her problem was I'm the wrong sex. Like so many, and and this is this is the thing: you have troubled adolescents in emotional turmoil under huge social pressure desperately searching for an answer why they're so unhappy and you get these activist adults who whisk them along the conveyor belt of gender transition and a 13 year old is subjected to either these powerful chemicals that are used to castrate sex offenders or surgically deformed disfigured in a way that can never be fixed again as children at age 13 That's something. Her attorney alleged Jane's caregivers failed to administer the necessary mental health treatments before performing the double mastectomy and never informed her that 80 to 90 percent of teens eager to transition desist from doing so. They don't do it. They wait and think. Yeah. Informed consent was missing here, said her lawyer. It's impossible for a child to give informed consent and it's impossible for parents who are not fully informed and with that uh, child that was not properly treated also to give that consent. And, and, you know, the, the really sickening part of this, and, the, well, there are a lot of different uh, sickening parts of this, is, is that it's being done in the commission of advancing an ideology, and so many people have been sold on the idea of not wanting to be homophobic or transphobic because I'm a good person, that they wither in the face of these bizarre arguments and, and, and completely transparently 
unwise practices of doing this to kids. It's just terrible. Anyway, I hope she succeeds in her lawsuit. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who's called Mal Evans, who's our roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.